2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
3: 100% vaccinated. 100% vaccinated. No, end the war. You're going
0: to on the guy.
3: vaccinated. vaccinated.
2: (laughs) Wednesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live, one day until the 2021 draft. The three-day extravaganza begins tomorrow night. I think it starts at 8 o'clock Eastern. Do yeah. you even know when it begins?
4: Is it 8 o'clock? I, I believe it is, yes. I mean, I haven't looked up like in my TV guide or anything like that, but yes, it's usually 8 o'clock, if I can remember correctly. It's going to end, you know... Do you, mean,
2: do you mean TV guide like the hard copy? I, I, I was referring to the that.
4: old like TV guide, right? Yes, that's like the, the one that's like the paper-bound edition that's useless, like your book from uh, Quarterback of the Future. Right, so that one. Shut <laughs> the
2: hell up. We were right out of the game. Gates. You know who collects TV guides? (laughs) Who's that? (laughs) Frank Costanza.
4: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Good old Frank collects them. Yeah, I don't use that anymore, right? I mean now you just go on the TV and pull up the guide to see what's on later on the day, right?
2: I'm not saying anything more about TV guides because somebody in the control room, some smart ass in there, and I know who she is, is gonna hit the music to, to to play the old time. Ragtime, Oh yeah. Piano. But, but Hey, let me tell you, let me just tell you, since we talking about the old days, the, the day the TV God showed up in the mail was a big deal. I bet a big yes, deal. Right. Listen, there were only three channels at the time. You had to know what was going to be on all of them all week long.
4: I guess so. I know. I guess Back in your day. they days. had little
2: blurbs. They had little blurbs about what the show was going to be about. Right. and
4: I remember reading it. You know, I can remember growing up. I'll say. I mean, maybe that music deserves to be playing for me, too. When I was growing up, that was like, I remember looking in there and reading it. So it was around my household, too. I guess I'm not that age now, too.
2: And for the really important shows,
4: it wasn't just a blurb. They had a whole Description. Box. Close right. up.
2: Close right. up. We got, like, multiple paragraphs. So that told you. that 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 was must-see TV. Yeah. That told you what you needed to watch. All right, let's get to it. You need to watch the draft. Check your TV guide in whatever form it now appears. And uh, I think it's 8 o'clock tomorrow night. I, I wouldn't mind if it was a little earlier than that. Me too. Last time, it took like four hours yes for round one even with 10 minutes thank god it's only 10 minutes or we'd be up till 2 a.m we got a show to do people
4: come on come on let's go i need to go to bed and be fresh for the show but yeah it's gonna end around midnight it always does so I, i expect that yeah tomorrow night's gonna be fun we're gonna have fun i'm working on friday this week they're dragging me in all right so i'll be here and we'll talk about the draft on friday too which i look forward to
2: yeah, I noticed that the other day, and I forgot to mention it. Yeah. Tomorrow's not going to f- – well, tomorrow's going to feel like its own holiday. Tomorrow's one of those days that, as we discussed on April 20, I believe, a day that isn't actually a holiday that feels like a holiday. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow is one of those days. Did we include the first day of the draft when we did that draft? I can't you remember. You know what?
4: I don't know if we did. It was on my list for sure, but I don't think any, either one of us actually actually did that, so no. It
2: definitely has that holiday feel to it, even though it is all day long. We'll get started tomorrow morning, as we do every weekday, with PFT live, and we'll be posting content on PFT. Do you have a new Chris Sims unbutton tomorrow? Or are you doing it today? Doing
4: it today, yeah. We're gonna just do like a lot of like a- AMAs, ask ask like uh, answer questions about the draft, my mock draft, things like that. Kind of re revisit some position rankings, some guys that I feel like are worthy of getting a little more maybe notoriety than they've gotten, you know, leading up to the draft. We're going to do something like that today.
2: Over under yeah. on how many times you're asked why do you hate Justin Fields, 123.5.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be over. You're right. I mean, it's – I know. I, I I understand that. I'm 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 attached to hating him now, which is not the case. But, yes, because of my mock draft and he wasn't, you know, one of my top quarterbacks, I've definitely been pinned with that label. That's for sure. Well, we spent Monday talking about
2: the Peter King mock draft. We spent Tuesday talking about the Chris Sims mock draft coming up in about an hour. We will talk about the PFT mock draft. And I claim no credit, but we'll take all the blame for what a piece of crap it ends up being because every mock draft stinks. That's just how it is. You can get all 32 right. And the moment that you pull the sheet off the thing, the immediate cry from the social media crowd and elsewhere is this is the worst mock draft I've ever seen in my entire life they all are tied for that distinction it really is an amazing thing all right let's get to the Dallas Cowboys we saw a little Jerry Jones at the top talking about being vaccinated here is Jerry Jones talking about the selection the Cowboys worked hard to earn last year 10th overall what are they gonna do here's Jerry
3: I think that uh, we've got a good chance to uh, uh, have a top defensive player, the top, or one of the top, be there uh, at ten. I think the real thing to do is uh, don't be don't be stupid over uh, your needs. Just just don't don't be ridiculous.
2: That's uh. That's some sage advice. Don't be stupid over your needs. Yeah. Teams will say best available, best available. We're taking the best available. Your best available assessment is always driven by your needs. And the Cowboys have clear needs on defense. But, hey, Chris, they also need to start thinking about refilling some of those spots on the offensive line. Because that wall is crumbling.
4: I mean, it is. But, you know, there's still a lot of money and assets poured into that wall. And I I don't know if it's time to, like, necessarily – Start wasting, or I don't want to say waste, but going to the tenth pick of the draft to replenish the old line. I don't think it's that time yet. Yeah, they got to start thinking about retooling it, making it younger, and they can do that in some of the later rounds in the draft. But I mean, they need a difference maker to, you know, for for what Jerry's saying. Yeah, they need they need the best defensive player in the draft, whoever they see fit to be that guy. You know, they're a team I do sit there and look at and at a number ten. Listen, yeah, I I mocked him to, you know, Patrick Sertain, right? We certainly could see that. The best defensive player in the draft is Jalen Phillips. Is the defensive end from Miami. Will they take him, you know, with the concussion history and all that? I mean, he's a Cowboys type of guy, you know, big, freaky, you know, super stud kind of human being. That would make sense, but uh, I don't know. There's risk there, and that's that's going to be, you know, something to watch for with that 10th pick on on Thursday night. We'll talk about the PFT mock
2: draft in less than an hour now. certain is gone when the Cowboys pick under that formulation. So, spoiler alert, it may not be a defensive player at all for the Dallas Cowboys, but we shall see, uh, as we will with all the other picks, obviously. Here's more but, from Jerry yeah. Jones.
4: Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was going to say, you know, you got to balance, you know, to to, to the, the best player available or needs or something like that, too. You know, at some point, though, there has to be a spot where – okay, hey, this is the best player available, but we're plentiful at this position, right? And then it makes no sense. Like I would use, hey, I'll use the Green Bay Packers as that example. They signed Preston Smith as Zadarius Smith in free agency a few years ago. Then they had a top 10 pick and they drafted Rashawn Gary, who plays the same position the other two guys do. And now he's really doesn't have a role on the football team so that's where you can't always just go we're gonna take best player available you have to have some balance about what's on your roster and your team you know to make sure that that guy can you know truly capitalize on helping your team and be the best he can be too i think you're absolutely right and to
2: the extent that these teams get so blindly tied to their boards that they they must take that next name that pops up no matter what position he plays you aren't crafting your board with your needs in mind. And I just think you have to craft your board with your needs in mind. This is your opportunity to fill those needs. You've already had free agency. Whatever needs you have left, unless you're going to work a trade or somebody's going to get unexpectedly cut and they're going to fall into your laps or you're going to get some undrafted free agent or some guy who just happens to be hanging around and all of a sudden he works out, this is your chance to address the needs that you have. Now, one need the Cowboys don't have is pass catcher. There's been a lot of talk lately about Jerry Jones being infatuated with Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. First of all, join the club, Jerry. Second of all, Mm -hmm. Jerry spoke yesterday about the supposed Kyle Pitts infatuation. Here's the question and then Jerry's answer.
0: When when reports come out say you're infatuated with a guy like Pitts, uh, is that legitimate, or do you
3: just not like... legitimate. Huh? Not legitimate. But when I say it, I am... Anybody in this draft is uh, impressed. <clears throat> okay? Probably an exaggeration is fascinating. I may have used the word myself. But the point is, it's a, it's a distortion uh, for this draft and where we are there. It implies something that's just not the case. We're not going to go in there and, and uh, spend... Uh, 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 spend an ordinate uh, va- a collateral or value to maneuver up there so that we can get pit.
2: Or pits, as the case may be. <laughs> did you hear Stephen Jones kind of let out an audible, oh, oh God, uh, I did not uh, uh, <laughs> kill the mic. Like, don't ask uh, this when, guy about him anymore. Like when he, yeah, <laughs> when he started into that explanation. But, hey, I think Jerry did a good job of not, Tipping their hand, and it ain't gonna matter unless they're moving up to four. It's all academic. Kyle Pitts is most likely not going to be lingering on the board when right. the Cowboys pick at number ten or seven, eight, nine range where they would trade up a few spots. And they don't no. need they just don't need him. And this is where we get into best available versus need. You've got far greater requirements that you need to That's meet. That's right to be a competitive football team in 2021.
4: Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, you know, again, a team with as, as many holes as they have right now, especially on the defensive side, I mean, are we really going to trade away picks to move up to, like like what you're saying, first off, I mean, you're, you'd really realistically have to move up to four because, you know, you've got you to ensure, you know, four, five, or six, Pitts, it's a good chance is going to one of those three teams right there. I mean, I'd be shocked if he got out of that little run of teams there between – You know, the the Falcons, the Dolphins, and, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals who were sandwiched in the middle there. So, yeah, I expect the Cowboys to stand pat exactly where they are and, you know, take the best defensive player available. I think that's more of the best way to say it. Best defensive player available that's a secondary guy or a difference maker up front. And there's no defensive tackle that's worth the number 10 pick of the draft. So then it really gets into – a numbered few you start to get into Patrick Sertain J.C. Horn with the South Carolina Gamecocks right those are the two guys that a lot of people have at the top of their list and they 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 fit that Seattle scheme and make sense for them to take them and then you go into okay what's the next thing edge rusher and that's it's a short list of people too it's it's Jalen Phillips who mentioned earlier Quiddy Pay, Jason Oway. You know, maybe from Penn State, but I don't think anybody looks at him as being a top ten pick. So it's really four guys in my mind. It's the two corners, Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips. I think that's their options right there, and I'll be interested to see which one they go with.
2: Uh, l- let me ask Kristen a favor: Can you take your finger off the old time piano music button and press the graphic that we just had up of the Cowboys? I, I have to make one observation. That photo of Mike McCarthy had to be from the day he was introduced as the head coach of the I think team. I you're right. Because I think that's the last time he's been happy. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I really do. I mean, seriously,
4: am I wrong? No. Was that wrong? No, okay. you're, you're not wrong. It's been a it's been a bumpy road for yeah. for Mike McCarthy to this point. Certainly, I mean, it didn't go the 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 honeymoon year did not go the way it was supposed to there. So uh, yeah, they got a lot of work in front of them. And as intriguing as a Kyle Pitts is and all that, no, I think that's kind of crazy talk. And I think Jerry put it right. He was just waxing poetically about a guy that, hey, quite honestly. I've never seen a tight end like like Kyle Pitts, especially since I've been on this side of the business where I watch tape and evaluate guys coming out in the draft and all that. He's special. But yeah, the Cowboys don't need him. They got plenty of firepower.
2: And look, a lot of us had a rough 2020. The Cowboys rougher than most as the NFL goes. But the pandemic really screwed things up for a lot of people in a lot of different ways in tragic ways for hundreds of thousands of people and their families But what happened at the college level was plenty of guys made the conscientious decision not to play last year for a variety of reasons. The uncertainty, the lack of national college football standards for the safety or lack thereof that would prevail in their weight rooms, in their locker rooms, on their fields. And now we see the aftermath of that. The players who chose not to play last year, who opted out of the 2020 season in the draft pool with the guys who who did play. Let's listen to Jerry Jones from yesterday talking about how he and the Cowboys are viewing those who made that very difficult decision to not play last year.
3: If a guy's had uh, not very much exposure, guess what? He may not have played last year. May could have, but he didn't. He didn't because he decided to uh, opt out. So you haven't seen him since the six plays he ran when he was a sophomore. Let's hold him while you're getting ready to make that decision right there. How do you view players who did not play last year, really for all three how do you grade them? They're compromised. I'd, I'd, I'd rather, much rather have seen the, uh, the reps and the plays that they've got. Coach, help me here. How many plays in a normal situation would a let's say, a, a defensive game, tackle uh, by playing last year as opposed to not playing last year if he'd have played all of his college games. I mean, 71 plays a game, 10 games. 700 plays. 700 plus plays. And plus, usually those players, if they're the type player you want, are, are better from their junior to their senior year. Fair fair yeah. to say. No, absolutely. That's what you look for. And so the, the point is, it's... Uh, where you don't have as much information when they didn't play
2: last year. Look, we talked about this yesterday on PFTPM, and I got myself a little cranked up about it. I'm going to get myself cranked up about it again today. Kevin Colbert, the Steelers GM, explained in a very calm, dispassionate voice earlier this week that if all things are equal between two candidates, they're going to take the guy who played last year over the guy who didn't play last year, even though they fully respect the decision of those players who, de- who decided not to play in 2020 due to the pandemic. I, I feel like, and, and you could, th- this is one of those issues, Chris, that would be a good topic for the debate club in high school because you could make persuasive arguments on either side of it. Sure. Is it good that a guy played last year? Is it bad that he played last year? Is it good for a running back or a defensive tackle? Is it good that he's coming to the NFL with more tread on the tires? That could be viewed as a positive. If what we saw from him in 2019 was pretty damn good and we didn't see anything last year, he's the same guy. Yeah, maybe he needs to be in a little bit better shape, but that's what we do. We get guys in shape, but we've seen what he can do. Yeah. and, and, and maybe he'll be even better than he was in 2019. We like what he did in 2019. Maybe he'll be even better. Maybe he's still improving. So I, I just keep coming back to the fact that football at every level, not just the NFL, but at every level, they want robots. They want guys who are going to do what they're told to do. They want guys who aren't going to stand up and push back against the momentum that Shoves them toward the field and anyone who exercises that independent thinking that original thought that movement that pushes against what coach and team would want him to do those guys get red flagged because we don't want someone like that keeping us from doing what we're trying to do on our football field. I feel like that is the message that is subtly or not coming through in what Jerry Jones is saying. Well,
4: I I, I don't, like, totally disagree. I don't disagree with that. I think there's some of that there, you know. But, hey, I mean, Mike, you know, put yourself in their shoes. It, it It's the business of football. I mean, yeah, they'd like to see people who play football to, you know, acquire more information, see where the guy has gone as a football player. So I understand it. I mean, if it's apples to apples, Yeah, I think if I'm in their shoes, too, playing GM, and you're going, wait, okay, I got a, let's just say, you know, for lack of a better number, I got a 7.0 grade and a 7.0 grade for two players that are great. All right, well, this one played last year, this one didn't, and yeah, I'm going to take that, you know, even though... You know the the biggest. But what if he's a running back? What if he's a running back? It's better that he didn't play last year. Okay, he's got more reps in him at the NFL level. Maybe that that could be a rare case. You're right, that can be. But I could also say, you know, it was one less year on him getting better at running routes or learning how to pick up a blitzer or doing other things like that. That again, these are young kids who are still learning the sport. So, you've stopped that learning curve a little bit. And I think that's where it just scares teams. You know, coaches and GMs and owners, they're very no, conservative that way, right? So, they, they want all the information available. It scares them to a degree. It, it scares them when it's apples to apples. And that's what's going to be interesting about this draft because as we get towards the end of the first round, you know, first round's about elite players. Some of these teams are going to have no choice. You're going to have guys where you're going to go, do you want a guy? Who's super talented and didn't play or a guy that's not that talented and did play. And you're going to hear then the excuses of why we should take the guy who's super talented and all that and sat out. But but I I understand, you know, erring er, er, or I guess erring, erring, erring on the guy that that played last year than the guy that didn't. They didn't hesitate to take Jalen
2: Smith with a completely wrecked knee. No, it was
4: risky. You know, right. Sat out a whole year. Right.
2: And there were questions about whether he could ever play. But they And see, there will be a point where a great too. player becomes value and when you slide into round two. And maybe that's what happens. They're compromised, meaning they're going to be drafted. They're just going to be drafted lower than they would have been. But you know what's going to happen? You're going to have some teams that get some pretty damn good players because they're going to understand. It is a case-by-case determination. But I still think this this presumption that it's a bad thing if you didn't play last year. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, we wrong. understand why you didn't play. And we respect your decision, but now we're going to hold it against you. And I can boil it down like this. We had that great explanation from Nick Saban earlier in the week. And I wrote something about it yesterday and And it, it hits the nail on the head. And it's a great message for anyone, whether you play football, any other sport or no sports at all, you are going to be evaluated at some point for employment, for admission to a college program, postgraduate, whatever. And the two most important words when people are making decisions about you are and, and, but yeah, the question is, and think about it. Think about it. If you're asking, a GM or a coach or an owner, right now, if if the opt out is part of the story that is being told on a player, it's not. And he opted out. It's but he opted out. The negative connotation. It is right. No one's going to say and and he chose to take care of his family. And he realized that the science was uncertain and there was some vague evidence of people having heart damage as a result of athletes, seasoned athletes, highly conditioned. Having heart disease as a result of it, so it's not a you know that's an and, but I feel like it's being couched as a but, not as an and, and that maybe tells us everything we need to know about how these teams view guys who opted out.
4: Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, and listen, I I I understand it to a degree. Again, it's the business of football, and you know you're you're looking to acquire. Guys that are good at that business, which is playing football, and you're making big investments into these players. So with that, hey, they do want, you know, and again, yeah, they want a guy that that did play, that they feel is comfortable, like, man, he wants to play football at all costs. You know, I hope they're not holding it against, you know, these guys to a certain degree, but, yeah, I think when it's like that, they're going to favor the guy that, like, you know, we've, we've joked about over the last few weeks, the Mike Tomlin quote. You know, I, I want volunteers, right? You know, I don't I don't want hostages. I, I mean, everybody is looking for that in the NFL. So that's part of this conversation of this NFL draft. But, you know, at the same time, too, you know, Jerry said something interesting there as well where he's like, you know, hey, more times than not, too, a guy that you look at as a junior, right, and he's a good football player, I mean, almost 98, 99 times out of 100, the guy gets better the next year. He's getting bigger, he's growing as a man, he's getting more mature mentally. I mean, usually always it goes in that direction unless there's like an injury involved. There's something like that too. So, that's where it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who who balances that whole high wire act there with this whole conversation. That it's going to be fascinating for Thursday night.
2: I think the more accurate explanation than we want volunteers. We want guys who have no regard whatsoever for their own physical health and well-being and who will play that way on the football field because when they get injured and they will we'll scrape them up and we'll put somebody else out there but at least we know that when he's out there he is playing with the kind of reckless abandon that will allow him to get the most out of his skills and what better way to prove that he has no regard for his health and safety than to play college football during a global pandemic at a time of high uncertainty. The only certainty for him was he loves him some football and he's going to go play. And I really do think that is implicit in all this. The combination of it shows how much you truly love football and it shows that you are willing to fall into line with what the coach, the organization wants you to do at all times and I do think it gets viewed as a negative even though it shouldn't because they're looking for a highly talented individual who will do whatever they want whenever they want however they want and they never have to pull the ripcord on the lawnmower he's ready to go at any given moment no matter the circumstances and I think that even though it shouldn't be this way opting out is sort of a litmus test for some of these teams on how much a guy loves football. Yeah. And I hate to even say it because
4: I think it's wrong. It is wrong. But I think that's how they're looking at it. it, it I mean, I, I mean you're right. They are. It, the, the biggest thing, though, it's, it's going to affect the middle class of the draft and those guys more than anything. You know, again, hey, J.C. Horn played what? What was it, Pete? A few games this year and then opted out? Oh, guess what, Mike? He's really talented. Nobody cares, you know? that That's not a conversation for him. Right. So the super talented ones kind of just gets like swept under the rug. Like, well, doesn't matter. Like, he's pretty awesome. All right. You know, and, and that, that it's going to be more about the splitting the atoms in the third round. And that's where it's going to affect those players where it's like, oh, we got two wide receivers. One played one opted out. Let's go with the one that played and did that. And I understand that too. Again, you know, that's going to be, he he's played more football. He's had more reps. We saw him improve on the thing he was bad at the year before. We have visual evidence that the guy worked and got better at it. You know, so that, that there is some logic of course to the way they're thinking. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a, you know, what do I want to say, a caveman attitude a little bit to the like, "Oh, he didn't play and now I'm not going to take him because he doesn't love football." Yeah, of course there's that part in the NFL with all coaches and teams, but I think more of this is about you know, the gathering, the information more than anything. Yeah. I I think there's
2: a way to spin it if you want to into a positive. I think it's more of a but than an and when they look at the scouting report and bring up the topic of whether or not the guy chose to play last year. I think that's unavoidable. It's just the way it is. Here's Ryan Pace, the Bears general manager talking about the possibility of drafting a quarterback this year, despite the Mitchell Trubisky experiment of four years ago. They've got Andy Dalton. They've got Nick Foles. Could they draft a quarterback? Let's listen to Ryan Pace.
4: Draft a quarterback. I do think it's a, it's a good room for sure. I mean, those guys are both have a lot of experience, uh, you know, at, at, uh, a lot of different experiences, too, which I think is good. And I think the coaching staff that we have there at that position is strong as well. We talked about it earlier with Matt and with Laser and with Flip. It's a it's a strong coaching staff around that position, and we have a lot of veteran leadership in that room too. So, yeah, to answer your question, I, I do think it's a, it'd be a good room for a, a young player to enter. Um, but again, we're just going to take the best players throughout this draft.
2: As usual, they say absolutely nothing, and the very real dynamic, Chris. You and I have discussed it. If they're tempted at all to trade up, I think Virginia McCaskey is going to have to sign off on that because you are inviting a potential problem if you trade up to get a quarterback if you truly are evaluating whether or not to keep Ryan Pace right. Coach Matt Nagy after this season because if you let them do it, number one, they're compromising future assets in a draft where it will be easier to gather information. And number two, you're, you're either guaranteeing de facto they're going to be around to develop the guy or... You're walking into a potential problem where you're going to be hiring a new GM or a new head coach or both, and saying, "Here's your quarterback," right? And they may say, w- "We don't really want this guy."
4: Right, right. Exactly what happened, like to what you said with Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. Right. I mean, that's where I mean it started sour. I mean, I, 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 how many times did I talk about that? Mitchell Trubisky took the field for the first game ever. And it was a quote from Matt Nagy saying he can't run my full offense. Like, Hey, welcome to Chicago. Thanks. Yeah. Great. (laughs) So that's where it's like that. That's where it doesn't make sense to me. And you're right. You know, the McCaskies, I mean, again, at face value, you know, there was a press conference or a, a zoom statement last year about, keeping Matt Nagy and Matt uh, and, and Ryan Pace. So that leads us to believe, of course, that, yeah, they were thinking about maybe cutting the cord and that this is a big year. So, yeah, at 20, a quarterback, I just I, – I don't I don't understand that. You know, I really don't. And to me, the, the thing that I just come back to here with this type of situation is I just think you keep that conversation alive if you're Ryan Pace because if one of those quarterbacks do fall, that – you want to, again, leave the impression that maybe you will take him so somebody will trade up to get him or something like that. That's what I come back to more than anything. I just can't imagine they're going to try to groom a quarterback when they need to win now and need somebody to help them win right now. And why would they want to deal with that?
2: Let me just deviate slightly. Yeah. I don't understand why Pace and Nagy are on the hot seat. I, that's they, a great question. They've gone to the playoffs right. two of the last three years. Sure. And, and this isn't the Patriots, the Packers, perennial playoff team where, oh, hey, well, you, you, you didn't make it the third out of the last three years, so that's a huge negative against you. Before 2018, yeah, the year that began with that quote, you're still salty about three right. years later. Right. And they, they won the division that year. Yeah. And but for the double doink, they would have advanced to the divisional round. Right. Right. Before that year, they had gone eight years without a postseason berth. Right, eight years of no playoffs. Before that, 2010, 2006, they they actually had managed back to back somehow, two thousand five and two thousand six. But I'm there's hard there, there's a smattering of playoff appearances since that that great team they put together in the eighties began to become dismantled. So I don't I don't get it, like. It's working. You've you you you've been to the playoffs two of the last three years, Bears. What the hell are you doing? Um, but uh, it, No, I think a, it's a good a conversation. Di- it's yeah. a strange dynamic to me. It, Maybe it, they would be better off trading up, getting a quarterback, and basically saying to the fans, shut the hell up and let's let this work itself out.
4: Well, I, I mean, I think that's where it starts. It is like the fan pressure, of course, that starts this conversation. You know, again, okay, so yes, two out of the three years, there's no doubt about that. Let's do make it clear that they were the seventh seed this year, which in most years, you know, this was the first year you get in, but right. regardless, you get in. So I don't want to take that away from them. But yeah, I think it is and I get an interesting psychological debate. Why did it get to this point? You're right. To me, it's like one, Ryan Pace messed up drafting the quarterback, right? So. That, that was the launching point for everything. You could have drafted Mahomes and Watson. What the hell are you thinking? So that's put him and that topic of conversation you know, on the hot seat. Then Matt Nagy was supposed to come over and be an offensive genius, and we're supposed to see Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, high-flying offense. And, of course, it's been the opposite of that. So there's like two things that just the normal casual fan can look at and go, what the hell are these guys doing here? This guy's supposed to be an offensive genius. Our offense stinks. This guy's supposed to be a good GM. He picked the stinky quarterback. So I think that's just that's falling on their on their shoulders there. That blame there. You are right. So and again, you know, I think people in Chicago because I go on there a lot for the regional sports networks and stuff like that. You know, I think they looked at it like their team has been a little bit better than maybe what they've seen on the field. I think that's the feeling there in Chicago. So that that's where it's got to this point, but I think you're right. We probably need to be the ones that lead the charge and say, "Hey, pump the brakes." Things have been better than, you know, the the perception around this football team for sure.
2: Well, and and this actually gets back to the point we were making yesterday about the Ferrari, the Porsche, and the Aston Martin that choice that the 49ers are creating the impression in the process of making because someone else is going to drive the car that you don't pick. And you've got Kansas City about a seven hour drive, maybe less if you have a Ferrari, a Porsche, and Aston Martin away from Chicago. They have to constantly see every year what the Chiefs are doing right. with the guy they could have had. And they didn't even have to trade up to get him they didn't have to give up what they gave up to go from three to two they could have sat where they were taken Patrick Mahomes they could have been the team that has become what the Chiefs currently are and they'd be the team that's in the conversation for championships every year I think that is what makes it worse so in my mind and we're trying to understand the psychology here I'm not saying whether or not they should act on this but even though they've been to the playoffs two of the last three years The fact that Mahomes became Mahomes, the fact that the Chiefs have become the Chiefs, the fact that you had three cars to choose from Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson. You did pick the lemon. Yes. You're 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 teetering on the brink of being fired despite being to the playoffs two of the last three years. That's the cautionary tale. Yeah, right. For Kyle. Yeah. That's the thing that's gonna make that gray beard a lot more gray between now and whenever we know. Because it's not just tomorrow night. Tomorrow no. night's the beginning, not the end. Tomorrow night's the beginning. Uh, we'll find out in one year, two years, three years, four years, did they pick the lemon or did they pick the best of the bunch? The Bears picked the lemon. Yeah. And and this is why I think they're,
4: they're on Definitely. the hot seat I'm when maybe you. they shouldn't be. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, Shanahan, the thing that will save him or saves him even with some of the crappy quarterbacks he's had there in San Francisco – you know he gets style points because he's an offensive coach, and no human can watch the game and go, "Damn, this offense is good." Even though that quarterback's crappy, the damn offense just seems to always have big plays, people open a huge run. So he he has that benefit working for him in that conversation to a degree. But like Mike, I, I just like I, I ask you, if you're Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, put yourself in their shoes right now. You know, Justin Fields is there at 20, let's say. Would you do it if you're them right yes. now? You would. Yes. If yes. you're now, let's just go to you're the ownership, the ownership, the people in charge. Would you let these two guys draft the quarterback at 20 right now?
2: Yes, because this is our way. If we get a guy who works out, this is our way to, to get the fans to forget about Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to forget about Patrick Mahomes until you get your own Patrick Mahomes. Not that he has to be as good as Patrick Mahomes, but but close. Yeah. And so you roll the dice on it. This is your only way out of the maze. Your only way out of the maze right now is to get yourself a great quarterback because the fans for the duration of Patrick Mahomes' per- career are going to be pissed off at the Bears unless and until they have a quarterback who is relatively close. So if you get a chance to do it, you go do it. If he falls into your laps, I'm not saying you trade up I'm just saying, if he falls into your laps at right, 20, right? Whether it's Fields, whether it's Trey Lance, if they're there, I think you got to do it because this is the only way to fix this. This is the only way to to have a sense of of consistency and continuity, kind of settle over the Bears, and you can act like the Steelers and hold on to guys even when you know. And and that, that look, it, it's easy to be the Steelers because they rarely have these these horrible stretches, but people still jostle for mike tomlin to be fired and what does art rooney do he ignores it i think that's part of what you have to be willing to do as ownership you got to be willing to ignore it you can't legitimize it by acting on it like the lions did you know when the lions come out 2019 with the bob quinn and matt patricia will be back for a year but we listen to our fans and then the fans keep complaining and they fire them that emboldens the fans to keep complaining definitely once once you've proven you're not listening to the fans that's when you don't have this revolving door. And I think that's what the Bears need to figure out. They need to figure out that they got to quit listening to the fans. It's not like they're going to stay home. They're still going to show up. And one way to shut them up, as I said, get a quarterback who's close to Patrick Mahomes or wait for Patrick Mahomes to retire.
4: Yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I know, Like we've talked about, I do think there's a chance that somebody falls. I don't think it's that crazy uh, that maybe somebody is sitting there on the board around 14, 15 starting to get into that range, uh, it'll be something to watch for on Thursday night because it's, it's an interesting discussion. I can see the logic going either way. You make good points. You're definitely right. That'll silence some of the critics and haters of the world and all that. But I could also say, hey, it's a rookie that we know is raw and has some things he's got to work on, and now you're going to go into the season with, like, wait, we're just kind of getting this offense kind of going, and now we're talking about quarterback. Who's going to play quarterback? And that becomes a controversy. So it's that's where it's it's a really it's intriguing that way, and uh, I'm going to be interested to see what they do tomorrow night. Bottom line,
2: 49ers, you better pick the right car tomorrow night, because the other two are going to be driving through your neighborhood for the next fifteen or twenty years, and you better hope yours isn't broken down by the side of the road with a hubcap over there and a wheel over there, and uh, you know smoke coming out of the front end. Uh, uh, it's hey, I, I I wonder if I wonder if we could inject some sodium pentothal into Kyle. And and get him to admit that he wishes they hadn't made that trade when they made that trade, and just waited until wait till the picks on the clock. Do it then. There's no time to think about it. There's no time to elongate the discussion. There's no time to overanalyze it. You just have to
4: do it. Maybe we, we can get him think. on here after the draft at some point, and we can pick his well, brain about all that stuff and kind of hear the process.
2: I'll, I'll be interested to see how they spin all this after the fact. Right. And I I predict that one of the talking points out of San Francisco is going to be. It was that guy all along. We were just trying to create some confusion in the hopes, as you suggested yesterday, that maybe we could do a flip-flop and still get our guy, but we knew all along that was our guy. That was for the I benefit right. of strategy. We really weren't being wishy-washy. We, we understand these other guys may pan out, but this was our guy well, all along. There yeah. was never a doubt about it.
4: Well, and, and listen, is there any – like, I thought about this when we got done with the show yesterday a little bit. Like, is it really that wrong to make a trade – and be 70-30, right, on the guy? Like, is it that wrong to go, like, like, wait, hey, I'd like to trade up. I really like this guy. And you know what? Man, I kind of like this other guy, too. I mean, I, all right, let's trade up because I really like the other guy. But let's do our homework and let me think about, you know, maybe what I could do with this other guy on offense and wrap my head around it in a little bit. I don't think it's that wrong or crazy to, to think that, so – uh maybe that's how they went into this process I don't know but I'm with you Mike I think that's how they'll spin it when it's all said and done I think you're correct
2: it's just unusual put together that gigantic package of three first round picks and a sec and a third round pick excuse me for a player and you don't know who the player is that that's what's odd about it and and that's that's where they open themselves up to criticism uh and and hey they may have been under pressure if you're ever going to do it you got to do it now because if you don't come up to three the panthers are going to come up to three and you can say goodbye forever to mac jones so you know there's a story behind the story as to what the dolphins did to get the 49ers to jump when they jumped and it worked yeah it worked right and we don't know who else was at the table yeah but the dolphins got their 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 extra two ones plus the 12th overall pick plus a third-round pick to make that move when they did back in late March. Let's go ahead and take a break. Three years ago, Lamar Jackson lingered all the way to 32. There's an idea out there that if a quarterback lingers this year, maybe the Ravens should draft Lamar Jackson's replacement in lieu of signing him to a big-money contract. We'll, We'll delve into that one when PFT Live continues right after this. Chris Sims has the Baltimore Ravens with their two first-round picks. Number thirty-one, courtesy of the Kansas City Chiefs, taking at twenty-seven edge rusher Aziz Ojalari of Georgia, and then Alex Leatherwood, tackle from Alabama, at thirty-one. You'll find out in about fifteen minutes where the PFT mock as the Ravens going. Ooh,
4: with Johnny Mock draft is here there, today.
2: There, there could be there could be some overlap between yours and ours we'll find out in about 15 minutes before then let's find out what coach john harbaugh had to say on the rich eisen show about lamar jackson's future with the team here's coach harbaugh
3: i could walk across the hall right now and ask eric but i'm quite sure that his, can i can i make that guarantee right now on your show yes just we'll fill the vacuum up right now okay. his fifth year option will be picked up <laughs> Okay. Guarantee it. That, that was, that's as good as the Jim Harbaugh guarantee in 1986.
0: <laughs> Another time Bo chewed him out, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day. So there's nothing to the fact that this hasn't happened
2: to this point in time.
3: Nothing. There's nothing to the fact, no. Because, you
2: know, you know they're, they're, uh, everybody is waiting for the time where a team will utilize the fact that a quarterback being on the first iteration of a contract allowing you to have more salary cap space and just going ahead despite how talented the quarterback that you have drafted before and how successful he may be, to just give that a whirl uh, in team building and championship building and obviously you and the Ravens are such at the forefront of analytics in this world and people are looking at you as thinking maybe you might actually be the first team to try something like
0: that but that is not going to happen with Lamar.
3: No, no, his fifth fifth year option is going to get picked up He's definitely going to be our quarterback. So um, that's that's the plan. Absolutely.
2: Okay, there's a donut hole there that was completely ignored. What? Well, you can pick up the fifth year option and then let him go after that. Yeah, I know. You, You 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 don't you don't. It's not it's not four years or none after that. It you can pick up the picking up the option is not the same. As giving him an extension. Now, if you really wanted to make news yesterday, John Harbaugh and the Rich Eisen Show, or elsewhere, what you should have said was, "We've signed him to an extension." That's the real question here. Picking up the fifth-year options is a no-brainer. You're not going to let him go after four years. He's not Mitch Trubisky. He was the freaking MVP. You're keeping him for five years. Don't. I And I'm look. I'm not saying that that this means that the Ravens are considering drafting a quarterback this year or next year. And and doing the Bucky Brooks-suggested scenario of treating it like college football and graduating your quarterback and replacing him with another one. I'm fascinated by the prospect of that. I just don't think you do it with Lamar Jackson, and you definitely don't do it by not picking up his fifth-year option. Of course you're picking up his fifth-year option. Of course you are. The question is, how much does he want beyond year five? Are you willing to break the bank like you did for Joe Flacco, and that didn't really work out for the Ravens all that well when they broke the bank twice for Flacco? And uh, and and is there is there, given Lamar Jackson's playing style, a reason to replace him with another quarterback who can do the same things he does and just keep going every four or five years? And another quarterback, another quarterback, another quarterback. Right. But just the fact that they're picking up the fifth-year option doesn't it doesn't pull the plug on that debate. You excite him to a long-term contract, that's what pulls the plug on the debate. Yeah,
4: that'll, that'll end the discussion. I, I think, you know, John was probably trying to say that, like, he's going to be our quarterback at the very end. I, I mean, at least that's what I kind of took at that is, like, that's where it's going. You know, don't expect any, like, crazy thing. Now, hey, Bucky, Books, Bucky Brooks, the conversation he brought up, like, about, you know, the your how you explained it, hey, it, it's interesting. It's a great point. I think there's something to that to a degree. Now, the other thing, too, here is, you know, again, with this offense specifically, listen, Lamar Jackson's special. You know, as good as Justin Fields is at running the ball and Trey Lance at running the ball, let me just make this clear. It ain't like Lamar Jackson coming out. All right. Lamar Jackson's running was on a whole nother level. A whole nother level. I think people have forgot that here four or five years down the road. Now everybody just thinks he'll be like Lamar Jackson. Oh, you mean like one of the greatest runners we've ever seen in the open field in history? Wow, we can just pin that to these guys now. No. So that's that's one thing to take into account here. Bucky Brooks's thing, though, is real. I think if you get a situation where the quarterback hasn't definitely solidified himself as a big-time player, A.K.A. going back to what you always said with Jared Goff. Like, that would be the scenario. Yeah, the team was good, but come on. Any human watching can really see he's not that special. Let's make the move and do it. This one's different to me to where, you know, he's the leader of the football team. He's one of the best players in the league. The team is built around him, and... I think this is one you do stick in there with, is what I'm saying. This is not the one where you go, let's abandon ship and get another quarterback and try to do it again with somebody else, uh, I guess is what I'm trying to say, long story short there.
2: I'll give you one that better fits than Lamar Jackson, because I agree with you.
4: I like the idea
2: from Bucky Brooks, Yeah. and we've been waiting for a team to have the intestinal fortitude to say, we're not paying. Just because you're on the pass side of the pass-fail line, we're not paying you. Yeah. I think Baker Mayfield is the one that
4: better fits into that box. It, I mean, this will be a big year. This, this, you're, I mean, you're right. We'll see. I mean, again, now, last year was pretty damn good. So, yes, he needs to back that up with another year for us to go, okay, yep, it's going all in the right direction. We're good. We'll pay you money, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, if it's real average – you know, and they find ways to win games despite him and all of those type of things. I hear you, Mike. That could be part of the conversation. There's no doubt about that. But this is this is a special scenario, and you know, unlike Joe Flacco, the team was built around the defense then, and I know they have a really good defense now. But the 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 the, the culture of the team and everything they stand for is about Lamar and the running game, and I think that's why. They will reward him ultimately here some sometime in the near future.
2: But but we can't forget their experience with Joe Flacco. I know. And that may cause them to avoid and, and the sooner they move, the better, putting themselves in a spot where they're over a barrel like they were in early 2013 after Flacco bet on himself, won the Super Bowl MVP award, they made him the highest paid player in football in early 2013 to even avoid the possibility of the non-exclusive franchise tag and someone offering two first-round picks because there were a couple of teams thinking about that, as crazy as it sounds now, and then three years later because of the cap charges, they had to make him the highest-paid player in the NFL again to get out of the cap mess they created the first time around. They, I don't think they want to do that again. Yeah. And yeah. And that's going to be the challenge because Lamar Jackson doesn't have a traditional agent. It's going to be a very delicate, difficult negotiation between Lamar Jackson, whoever's advising him, and the Ravens directly to get the right number for Lamar Jackson. And uh, I I think they should keep him. But I think that Bucky Brooks' suggestion that in the right spot with the right team, just because the quarterback is panned out, doesn't mean you pay him. Maybe you draft another one and keep the train rolling with so many good young quarterbacks coming out every year, as long as you don't pick a lemon. Let's take a break when we return some news on caleb farley player who opted out for important conscientious self-reflective reasons didn't play this year due to the pandemic we'll give you the latest on caleb farley when pft live continues right after this there's the chris sims mock draft caleb farley going 19 to the panthers Uh, You'll, you'll see that Farley is or isn't in the PFT mock draft. Well, just tell us, is he or though. not? Is he not? He's not. He's you got not. him dropping out because uh,
4: of the medical stuff? Yes, yes. Uh, right.
2: But, but who, who knows how it's going to go? I know, but there's that possibility. Not be, all it takes is one team to not be bothered by that. Here is the text that Drew Rosenhaus has sent out to a smattering of reporters this morning, straight from the PFT bat phone. Good morning. Caleb Farley tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday on a test administered by the NFL. He is totally asymptomatic and feels completely normal. However, he won't be allowed to attend the draft in Cleveland. If you need anything at all, please let me know. Thank you very much, Drew. And he sent a follow-up saying, please attribute to me. So it's not like I'm telling secrets as to Rosenhaus being the source. And the tweets that are already out there also mentioned that Rosenhaus has put this word out. So, hey, if you're going to show up at the draft is one of the players you got to test negative he didn't he's fine and the irony here is he opted out because of a very serious concern about possibly giving his father COVID-19 his mother died several years ago right and he was a guy who conscientiously decided given all the uncertainty given the risk he just wasn't going to do it yeah and uh, now he's positive but like so many others so many others has no symptoms
4: whatsoever. Yeah, well, I mean, and to your point, what you said earlier in the show, this is the perfect case to go, let's not hold this opt-out against a guy. There's, like, real reasons. Be a human. So let's not do that. The mo- His mother died three years ago, four years ago. So, yeah, it's fresh in his brain. He doesn't want to lose his father. But it's this is, hey, Caleb Farley is one of the, the most unbelievable things to watch in this draft. He's one of the three best defensive players in the draft. You know, the fact that he was going, Mike, makes me think he believed, of course, him and Drew Rosenhaus that somebody in the first round was going to take him. I just think he's too talented, even with these medical issues, that somebody in the in the back half of the first round will will take a chance on Caleb Farley. And Rosenhaus was on the record earlier this week saying he's
2: going by twenty. And again, the agents who are plugged in, who have the relationships with the teams, who do business with the teams and need to be able to tell their clients, here's your high, here's your low, here's where you need to understand you're going to be drafted. If he says he's going to go by 20...
4: Drew, I believe Drew. Unless
2: unless this is another Willis McGahee, let's act like I'm talking on the phone to a team when I'm really not, if you remember that from all those years ago, and Farley's in on it. Unless it's that, you you can't put that out there because that's a recipe to get fired by your client the day after the draft if you don't get taken in round one. So we'll see how that all plays out for Caleb Farley. But I I know that there is a split of opinion out there as to what that back issue is going to do for him. And all it takes is one team to say, we're willing to do it, just like Jalen Smith with the Cowboys. That was way riskier than
4: this. Because
2: of the upside. And the upside is tremendous. Let's take a break. When we return... A close look at the one and only, thank God, 2021 PFT mock draft. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.